Welcome to the monthly Three Edge View from the Edge for February 2023. I'm Fritz Folds, the Chief Investment Strategist here at Three Edge, and joined here once again today by Eric Beagleisen, Director of Investment Research and Deputy Chief Investment Officer here at Three Edge Asset Management. And today, uh, as we do at the beginning of each month, Eric and I will provide our firm's most recent outlook for the global capital markets, which is based on our proprietary Three Edge research model. Good deal to cover today, so let's get started. And I would say that it's been a rather exciting first uh, five weeks of the new year here in 2023. Equity markets have rallied here in the U.S. and ex-U.S. equities have had even a stronger rally year to date than the U.S. markets. In Europe, for example, the German DAX, the German stock market, has regained all of its losses for the last 12 months. And that includes Russia's invasion of Ukraine and its impact on European equities. So uh, pretty astounding. Bonds have also performed well thus far in 2023 after a miserable uh, year last year. And there has been good news on the inflation front so far. Uh, Prices and consumer spending have slowed. Inflation is moderating. Uh, The past week, the Fed once again raised short-term interest rates, this time by 25 basis points. But You know, the question still remains whether the Fed can bring inflation all the way down to its 2% target without pushing the economy into recession. So I guess I would say in terms of inflation, so far so good, but I think that they still have a long way to go, particularly with the pressure still in the labor market. And we saw on Friday, the latest jobs report, which showed that the U.S. added 517,000 jobs. And that's a big number. That far exceeds uh, what the estimates were. And it pushed the infl- uh, unemployment rate to a 53-year low at 3.4%. And Eric, interestingly, and then I'll turn over to you, it still seems that maybe folks on Wall Street are not convinced that the Fed will be able to stick to its guns and keep tightening in order to get inflation down. So I sort of that question mark is still out there. But why don't we get started? Why don't I bring Eric in here first? And Eric, maybe if you start by going through our three-edge uh, matrix and you know point out what's changed since the beginning of the year. Yeah, sure. Great, great summary there, Fritz. Um, so we can see here on the chart, we have U.S. bumping up from a slight negative to more of a mixed outlook on the heels of this this echo bubble that, that you and Steve spoke about last week. Uh, we have uh, European equities maintaining that positive one spot, which which we like. Uh, Japan staying as is. Uh, China moving down one to a more of a mixed spot. Um, and uh, India also like Japan in that slightly negative category. The other big change, I think, uh, is, is right there at the bottom. You see commodities moving down one spot to, to mixed as well. And so we will uh, dive into all of the details, I'm, I'm sure. Yes, we will. <laughs> we'll start that now. So why don't we look at the equity asset classes, you know, off to a pretty strong start this year. Uh, let's begin with uh, U.S. equities. What is the model telling us in terms of U.S. equities? Yeah, well, you, you referenced the, the rally we've seen so far in January, uh, particularly in U.S. equities, but it's only served to make U.S. equities more overvalued by our measure. That hasn't changed even after last year's decline. Uh, so the overvaluation is a concern. Uh, now, we have seen the, the decline in the 10-year bond yield. Uh, as a positive factor for U.S. equities. But we've also seen a rise in the short-term interest rates that's driven by the Fed's monetary tightening, and that's a negative factor. And then when you combine these two uh, factors together, you get a flattening of a yield curve, which which leaves you know U.S. equities a bit more mixed in the short term. 
um, you know, there has been a lot of discussion by us, by, by others about the S&P 500 breaking through that 200 day moving average. And so, you know, in the shorter term, this rally may continue um, while market participants believe, at least for now, that the Fed will engineer a soft landing, avoiding a recession and bringing inflation back to the 2% range, really just guiding us right in this perfect yeah. slot. Um, our research is maybe a little less convinced that the market has this correct at this point, but time will yeah. tell. Yeah, absolutely. So it's kind of interesting because the model does pay attention to interest rates and you know you have short-term rates going up because of the tightening and then you have long-term rates coming down, sort of the market believing that they're gonna pull this off as you just went through the steps to do that. And then the net result of all that is you actually have an inverted yield curve, you know, which can either signal that we're gonna, they're gonna nail the landing or maybe we get recession. So that's right. That's um, right. interesting. That's right. So let's touch on European equities, which I said at the open, you know, they have rallied even more so than uh, the US, but what is the model saying currently in terms of that European equity market? Yeah, yeah, European equities have experienced an even stronger rally uh, for the month of January than US equities rising maybe 13 to 14%. Uh, while the S&P 500, for example, was only up around six, six and a half. Yeah. So um, and uh, unlike U.S. equities, the valuations in Europe are much more favorable even after these gains. Uh, so we continue to like it on a valuation basis. Our, our research also considers this material decline we've seen in inflation in the region, the decline that we've seen um, as a major positive contributor uh, to the relative attractiveness of, of European equities. I guess there's just one note of caution <clears throat> uh, to this otherwise very positive outlook in the region, and that's that the ECB, the European Central Bank, has continued to be hawkish, even more so uh, with their monetary policy, even more so than the U.S. Federal Reserve at this point. Their raising of short-term interest rates is causing a flattening of the yield curve measure in the region, and that could be a cautionary indicator going forward. Um, so we'll need to keep an eye on how that impacts the overall outlook, but at least in the short term. Uh, we continue to find that the the benefits from the the declining inflation uh, are outweighing that that potential risk. It's pretty interesting because Christine Lagarde is sort of known as probably a very dovish uh, central bank president, and yet she's been talking tougher than uh, than Jay Powell over here in in, in the U.S. All right, let's take a look at China because. The model did turn positive on China in the fall, and China had a really strong rally right through uh, January, but it looks like maybe the model outlook for China is a bit softer than it was. I think that's right. Yeah, the model research turned positive on, on Chinese equities back at the end of October 2022, uh, after having declined over 60% from its peak back in February of 2021. And it was at that point that the model indicated this behavioral oversold condition um, that then shifted into a, a positive outlook, uh, economic outlook that is, uh, with the reversal of the zero COVID policy. You know, China has rallied significantly over this period, as you just as you just touched on, um, and valuations have increased sharply as well in, in such a compressed time frame. And so now I think we find ourselves at a bit of a crossroads as we move forward with regard to China. Will China resume its place as this engine of global growth, or will the debt and the housing problems? Uh, keep them from emerging further. And so it's for these reasons that we have this more of this mixed outlook, at least in the shorter term. Great, helpful. Okay, so let's switch to bonds, uh, which as I said, you know, they suffered mightily last year. What are we looking at in terms of fixed income markets this year in terms of both interest rates and, and also the credit market, so corporate credit? 
Yeah. So the decline in the longer term treasury yields, the 10 year that we just talked about, seems to be indicating that investors really do have faith in the Federal Reserve's ability to engineer the soft landing, rein in inflation and avoid the recession. Um, you know, either way, the, the, the combination of this decline in, in the 10 year, along with the rising of the short term three month yield driven by the Fed's tightening that we just spoke about, that has led to this flattening of the U.S. yield curve. And that, as we have discussed already, is this tends to be this harbinger of, you know, an economic recession uh, in the future. Um, you know, in 2022, we saw real yields, that is nominal yields adjusted for inflation. They rose from about negative one percent at the start of the year to about positive one and a half percent by the end of the year. Um, so now you're in this world where, you know, unlike last year, tips or Treasury inflation protected securities they earn this real return over and above CPI, consumer price uh, inflation. And so, you know, we're seeing that the market's inflation expectations remain well below this current inflation rate. So all that said, a rise in inflationary expectations, perhaps if the Fed unconvinces market participants of its ability to rein in inflation, that could result in further appreciation for TIPS investors uh, should, should real yields continue to come down, all while collecting a positive real yield. So we really do favor favor the tips there uh, over the nominal. In terms of credit, you know, the research continues to indicate caution with regard to, to corporate credit markets. You know, should the U.S. economy slow uh, and pressure corporate earnings, then corporate credit spreads could widen again, and that would hurt both investment grade and, and the high yield markets. Interesting. Um, earlier in the week, we got some pretty disappointing numbers or uh, earnings from the those megatech uh, you know, mega cap tech companies. So we'll see if that's a harbinger of, you know, weakness in earnings and weakness in forward guidance ahead. So we'll pay attention to that. Let's shift to real assets, starting with gold. And gold has also had a strong start to 2023. But what is the model saying there? Yeah, gold had a strong start up over 5% uh, in January and has benefited from binge buying by, by governments and central banks around the world. Uh, gold could also benefit should the U.S. dollar continue its decline uh, in value relative to other of the world's majors, uh, central, uh, major currencies in 2023. And then not to be forgotten, gold can act as a haven during tumultuous times when you have geopolitical uncertainty, like maybe Russia's nearly year-long invasion of Ukraine, uh, Chinese behavior towards Taiwan, tensions in Israel and Iran, just to name a few. Yeah, yeah, that situation with Israel and Iran is a bit concerning. Definitely. Um, let's talk about commodities, which I don't know. I find them to be kind of hard to get a handle on whether I should be bullish or bearish or neutral on them. I know a lot of it's driven by the price of oil, but what is the model saying about commodities at this point? Yeah, so well, commodity prices commodity prices weakened recently, uh, which was likely due to the U.S. government's drawing down of that strategic petroleum reserve along with what appears to be a more mild winter in the U.S. and particularly in Europe, uh, mm -hmm. China's reversal of its COVID zero policy and the potential restart of the Chinese economy could be this catalyst to propel commodities back up, you know, alongside the U.S. restocking that SPR. Um, so that's something we'll certainly be watching for in the model outlook. Um, as, as that's much more energy focused. But other commodities such as uh, food and agriculture may continue to benefit from from Russia, the Russia's Russia's invasion in Ukraine, along more generally with with the drought conditions that we've seen in many areas of the world, you know, our outlook is that basically in 2023, 
commodity prices will be reliant on the path of the global economy and at risk if monetary tightening by the world's central banks triggers a material economic decline, slowdown, or even a global recession. Excellent. All right. Well, great. Eric, thank you for taking us through that outlook. Uh, it's already been an interesting year. I wouldn't be surprised if 2023 remains interesting for the foreseeable future, which, if you'll indulge me a little bit here, reminds me of the saying, may you live in interesting times, which is presented as a blessing, but we know it actually more of a curse since life may be better in uninteresting times of peace and tranquility than in interesting ones, which are usually times of trouble. And actually, people say that comes from China, but there's no actual evidence to support that claim. Now, I know you have a dog, Eric, so there is one related uh, expression in Chinese that people think may have uh, caused this quote that I just gave about living in interesting times, and that is, it is better to be a dog in times of tranquility than a human in times of chaos. So with, like <laughs> with that, we'll wrap it up. Uh, thanks, Eric, for your insights. Uh, Eric and I will be back in early March with the next edition of View from the Edge. If you'd like a hard copy of this newsletter, you can go right to our website, which is 3edgeam.com. You'll find that there. And you'll also find our entire library of video content on our 3Edge YouTube channel. So on behalf of Eric and everyone here at 3Edge, thanks for listening. This commentary is intended for information purposes only and does not constitute an offer to sell or a solicitation of an offer to buy securities. The opinions expressed in View from the Edge are those of Mr. Foltz and Mr. Beagleisen and are subject to change without notice in reaction to shifting market conditions. This commentary is not intended to provide personal investment advice and does not take into account the unique investment objectives and financial situation of the listener. Investors should only seek investment advice from their financial advisor. The observations include information from sources that 3Edge believes to be reliable, but the accuracy of such information cannot be guaranteed. Investments, including common stocks, fixed income, commodities, and ETFs, all involve a risk of loss that investors should be prepared to bear.